Good morning and afternoon, everyone. Great to be with you today, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk, the bear in studio, wherever you're listening today, morning, afternoon, podcast, or radio, <laughs> right? Are those the options, morning and afternoon? What about evening? Evening, night, midday. Midday. Yeah. Midday to you. Yeah, sort of like the liturgy of the hours. Yeah. You can pray them all day long. Yeah, you can listen to the Paul George show all day long. Early morning, morning, mid morning, <laughs> noon, mid afternoon, <laughs> evening, night prayer, right? Like yeah. seven times a day. Yeah. You pray liturgy of the hours. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't. Do you? I do. I You so, do the shorter version? No. Oh. But I um I'm obliged to pray morning and evening prayer, so right. that definitely. That, right. But most days I fit in more than that. And definitely in Advent and Lent when I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. I do all the hours. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Speaking of Advent, I have an Advent devotional that's out called Fierce. Fierce. Yes. Um, How's that going? Are people... Great. Yeah, people are ordering it. You can get it at blessedisshe.net or paulgeorge.la. I'm going to surprise my wife a... with it. And since I know she doesn't listen to the show, it'll still be a surprise. Advent <laughs> devotional for men. Correct. And of course, they have a, the women's version called Found. So... Say all that because Advent is coming up in a few weeks. Actually, we begin Advent, which is crazy to think about right now. Mm-hmm. That Advent is approaching because when you think about Advent, it's like, oh, the holiday season is, you know, almost here. End of the year is almost here. Let's do it. You know, and then you got to do taxes. I'm like, I just did taxes. <laughs> you, you know, like it just keeps kind of, you know, rounding off. But yeah. Uh, December 3rd is the first Sunday of Advent. So if you're you're listening, you think, okay, when is it? Just kind of in your mind. And I always think about, you know, we talk about this often on the show, is if we can be intentional about the liturgical seasons, like what God wants, what he's asking us to do uh, beforehand, then we then we enter into the season with, with kind of a focus, right? So mm-hmm. the question is, what? What do you want to do for Advent? Like, what's God asking you to do? What what prayer resource or what thing that you're going to do for Advent this liturgical season instead of Advent starts and, like, first week of Advent's already happening. You're like, oh, I need to do something for Advent. And then before you know it, the season's, you know, over. Yeah. Right? Yeah, especially this year because it's only going to be three weeks. The fourth Sunday, fourth week of Advent is uh, half a day. So if you're not intentional, if you're not, like, on it, Half a day. You can't. You can't be like, oh, I'll I'll get into it halfway through, right? Because it's not halfway through. That that's correct. So, <laughs> anyway, let's get on. Uh, it. Great yeah. to be with everyone today. Thanks for uh, listening, being a part of the show, uh, wherever you're at, morning, noon, or night, <laughs> midday, <laughs> midday. Great to be with you. Uh, so, do you have a have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. This one should get a little rise out of you. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I know how you're not a huge fan of snakes. I'm not at all. So this story will be fun. I actually had this discussion with people the other day. Oh, I did a, an off-site um, consulting session with a team in Houston. And we somehow got on the topic of alligators and snakes. Nice. And who was afraid of which more? And who's afraid of alligators? See, there you go. I think when you're from Louisiana, alligators don't really frighten you. Mm-hmm. So there were some some people on the the 
retreat who just the thought of an alligator is like sort of, you know, mm-hmm. like here's a dinosaur that's coming to eat you type thing. <laughs> I guess you're right. And there are I never sto- thought about it there that way. There are stories every now and then if you like of like an alligator ate a dog or That's true. Or a human human remains found in an alligator. So like That's true. You know. I never thought about it. Like I see an alligator kind of like a raccoon. To me they're kind of the same. You but just know how to deal with them. Well, they're just there and Yeah. They're they fun don't, to look at and they run away. I guess they don't really attack you unless certain situations. So. But you're right. If you're not from a area with alligators, they're like dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, guess what happened in the UK last week? Okay. A man was hiking. You ever been hiking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you see things when you're hiking that are like, that's beautiful. Right. Wow, look at that. Hmm. And sometimes you want to share that with your family. Like, remember how you're talking about you're only going back to Italy with your wife? Yes. Well, this man was all by himself, poor thing. And he beheld something he thought was amazing. And he wanted to share it with his family, particularly with his kids. Okay. So he decided he would take it back with him. Now, you're not supposed to do that, right? When you're hiking, like you're supposed to leave only footprints and take only memories. Is that is that a term? Oh, yeah. Is that leave, a slogan? Leave only footprints and take only memories. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, he decided he would take the thing that he was observing that he thought was amazing, which happened to be a huge snake. Really? Yeah. He was fascinated by it. What did he put it in? That's a great question. Um, He he just grabbed it and carried it home? uh, Well, he he didn't make it that far. The the last thing I would ever (laughs) grab in my life would be a snake. His instinct was, I want to pick this thing up. Because it was so pretty. And bring it home. And beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture. It was kind of neat. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's a snake. It's black and then with like spots that are kind of intriguing. Okay. But maybe he, I don't know. So he decides he's going to pick it up and he just starts... Walking home, like he's going to walk off the trail, get in his car. He doesn't make it to his car. Mm. The snake bit him. The shocking thing is the snake bit him. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, shocker. And, he passed out. Well, it was venomous, so he ended up having to go to the hospital. And um, he was saved. Okay. But, I, hate, I hate to use terms like this, so I won't say it on air. But, like, what was he thinking? Mm-hmm. And, like, was he, like, just not a smart person? Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, it's it's one of those situations where hindsight is twenty twenty. But I think foresight for most people would have also been twenty twenty. Well, so there there is a virtue that's called prudence. Yes, right to sort of you know the virtue to think out. It's foresight. Prudence is foresight. Yeah, right. Like let me yeah. think this out. What is the good choice here to do? And. You know, we all look back in our life and say, you know, I should have made a different decision in that moment. Uh, That wasn't a real prudent decision, you know. But, you know, as you get older, hopefully virtues begin to grow. These positive habits of making decisions and thinking through things. And this guy obviously didn't. Correct. He didn't. didn't Is there more to this? Well, okay, so. Because you're laughing. I mean, okay, so he gets bit by this apparently very venomous snake. Like, he's lucky to be alive. And um, it's stories like this that create rules and laws and regulations sometimes, and even signs. So I'm laughing at how now they had to put up a sign to ask people to not bring wildlife with them. Um, and the Facebook page of the the 
park that he was at yeah. said, please, if you see a snake or any reptile in the wild, admire it in its own habitat, take photos, take videos, but do not try to capture it and take it to your home. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty good. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, prudence is important. I was just actually thinking about virtues. And, you know, it was interesting. I've, I've had an interesting week. Um, I was in Houston for two days. I, I gave a talk for Paradis Day, which runs a ministry called That Man Is You. Mm-hmm. So I gave a, a men's talk for their their men's video series you know, for like next year, like they film like a year in advance. And, uh, and then their, their ministry, their leadership team did an off, like a, an annual offsite. And so I did a day of their offsite retreat, strategic planning, you know, things like that. So, um, been a crazy week. I've been with a lot of people and then I, then, uh, I was in Baton Rouge and, and I was talking to this company there and, really talking to this company about faith-based values within their company, which is really kind of cool. And so all that being said is they were going through this process of dealing with people, you know, mm-hmm. issues with people and whatnot, which is normal in life. We deal with people, uh, we deal with issues. And when you're running a company or in an organization, there's always, you know, every day you're dealing with people and their life and, issues and whether they're a good fit to the company or whatever. And the thought that you can have faith-based values and core values within your company is very doable, Mm -hmm. right? And so to use these virtues of prudence and honesty and truthfulness and patience and love uh, is, is extremely doable. Right. And so I was, I had this conversation with this company yesterday and to see them work in like real Christian virtues into their company and how they handled certain situations, um, was really cool actually. Yeah. And I think the human factor of prudence is that you, and this is, this is a tendency I think we all have in the Christian world, the Catholic world where when we think through a situation or an organization or a project we're working on or relationships with people, whatever it is, we kind of assume everyone's going to be virtuous. Like that's the plan on paper. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's going to do what they're supposed to do and be honest and be generous. It's and not be true. cheerful. Yeah, we forget that humans have fallen nature. They're snakes. Yeah. I mean, we're snakes. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we have been bitten by the snake, the serpent, the devil. Like there's a... um, There's something to be accounted for that original sin is real and the concupiscence and effects of original sin is real. But at the same time, we have a Savior. We have a Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Who wants to uh, come into our life in such a way that we get healed from that venom and we become more virtuous people. We become that person we know we should be. But while we're on the journey towards heaven, we have to realize that the wheat and the weed grow together in our hearts. And you know what I'm saying? There's a... um, there's a respect we need to have for the the venom that is original sin, that is concupiscence. Mm. But at the same time, you could enjoy working with people and relationships and all that stuff because Jesus, because of Jesus. Like we can have a real relationship with people, but it has to be one, like you said, where we acknowledge we need to grow in virtue. We're not perfect at it. Right. Like we're not perfect people. Um, and 
respecting that allows us, like the sign said in the uh, park, enjoy the snake. Just don't try to bring it home with you. <laughs> you know, like there's a way to relate to people that works without like trusting that human nature too much, let's say. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, and you said hindsight. So the reality is virtues grow over time through practice, right? That we're, we have to learn and grow in discipline and in virtues. And we learn a lot through messing up or making mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And so to not just say, oh, well, I'm just going to keep making the same mistakes over and over again, uh, but to learn from each moment, each mistake, each thing so that I can grow in learning how to do better, right? I mean, this happens within our marriage. This happens within our work and interactions with people. You know, oftentimes when like I hit a a speed bump in my life or a hiccup, you know, you know, my immediate reaction is to like shame myself. Like I can't believe I'm at this age and I still said that or I still did that or mm-hmm. I still thought that or I got into that argument or I got mad on the road or, you know, I, you know, said that to my, to my wife and that was stupid. Like, why did I do that? Like, why did I say that? You know, I shame Mm -hmm. myself and we kind of, you know, the enemy wants to shame us and make us withdraw from relationships and withdraw from, from God, right. And his Mm -hmm. grace. And one of the great saints said, you know, it's, uh, the best thing that you can do as soon as you sin is to get back up, right? Mm-hmm. As though you did not sin. Like not pretending that you didn't sin or didn't go to confession, but like to not remove yourself from God's presence or God's grace, right? To not go hide in the garden uh, like Adam and Eve did, but but to move forward and allow God's grace to pick you up out of that sin and move you forward, right? To mm-hmm. To act as though like, like God's got me and, and this moment or whether it's big or small doesn't define who I am. Although, yeah, that was kind of stupid. I picked up a snake and got bit. Like, what was I thinking? (laughs) You know, like, you know? Yeah. In a certain sense, you have to be able to laugh as if it happened to somebody else, even though it was you. Because if you, because, because the real you doesn't pick up snakes like an idiot, right? Like mm-hmm. the real you doesn't want a life of sin. The real you doesn't want to live a, a vicious life where you're selfish and self-seeking. That's not really you. That's not the you God creates, right? right. And so in some sense, when we act like someone else, in other words, when we sin, when we sin, we act like someone else. We act like the idiot who picks up a snake and tries to bring it home. You know what I mean? Like that's, sin, is, sin never makes sense. It's always ridiculous. We never act like ourselves when we sin, right? So if we pick ourselves up, go to confession, and then move on as if that was somebody else, it really was somebody else. That wasn't really me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Not that I don't take responsibility. Right. Yes, I did those things. But that wasn't me. It doesn't that wasn't the real me. me. Right. Will the real me stand up? The real me is the saint. That's the real me. Right. And it's hard for people to believe that about themselves but that's not an act of faith in yourself. That's an act of faith in Jesus to say that. Right. The real me is a saint because of who Jesus is. Yeah. Well, the real me is who God sees. Right. Right. And who God is like growing in me, moving me forward, you know? So it's like, I can say to myself, even at my age, why don't I have it all together? 
And God's like, no, because you're, you're con- I'm continuing to grow you and 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 reshape you, right? Mm-hmm. We'll never be in that perfect state until after we die, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, John Paul II said he went to confession weekly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, about what? I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but like, it had to be like less than me. I would guess. You know, particularly probably towards the end of his life. I mean, this guy was a living saint, right? Mm-hmm. What was he going to confession about, you know? But he, you know, the Lord is like, I'm, I'm continuing to shape you and remake you into the person, into the saint that you're called to be. We're never going to be there here on earth. We got to give ourselves a little bit of, um, what, grace? Grace, just like God wants to give us. Yeah. Because it's that little bit of grace that allows us to actually move on. I mean, so for example, let's say I do something stupid right now. Like I pick up a spiritual snake, it bites me, and I commit terrible sin. I'm not going to today, praise God. But let's say I did. I could either go on this like two-year journey of healing and like growing in virtue and like this sin now occupies a huge space in my life because I did something so stupid that it'll take me two years to get over it. Mm -hmm. Or I can ask the Lord, I could beg the Lord's forgiveness, set up whatever boundaries I need to never do it again, okay? Mm -hmm. But not think about it constantly day and night for two years. Those are two different years, right, like that I can live one where I'm obsessing over the mistake I made, afraid I'm going to do it again. And the other one where I ask the Lord's forgiveness, I set up the boundaries I need, but then I live in freedom because of those boundaries that I can live a full life with Jesus, mm-hmm. even though I did something stupid. Past sins don't mean that you can't live in peasant, present freedom. It just means you need certain boundaries. Like that snake, if I would have been brought it home to my kids, I should have thought, or he should have thought, what box could I construct? Like you, th- you said... <laughs> What well, did he put it in a box? They put it in, no, he just grabbed it. <laughs> you know, no boundaries. He just let the snake into his life with no boundaries. Well, of course he got bit. Yeah. Well <laughs> boundaries are, are some freedom. Pe- some people you gotta learn the hard way. That's right. <laughs> right. But if you had had a glass box. Good thing he didn't die. He didn't. Praise God. All right. Speaking of death, let's take a quick break. And <laughs> death we'll, is a quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk in studio. We had a good break. Speaking of death. I think so. I don't, I don't know how it led into that break, but... Uh, well, I came up with another book title, so Show Mom, keep the list, but... Um, yeah, I don't know if Show Mom is keeping a list or not. Maybe. She is. She is. But Show Mom's coming uh, 
in for Thanksgiving. I get for to real? See, yeah, I get to see Madre. Wow. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Is she uh, going to come to the studio? Well, it's Thanksgiving week, so we're, we're closed. Yeah, we are closed. So um, we're probably taking the week off from recording. I agree. That week. but So I guess that can't happen. But she can give me ideas for shows. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But I think you should write a book about death. Either uh, um, let's take a short break. Or, or we'll all be dead in 100 years. Reflections on Death by Paul George. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to that episode, it's maybe, what, four episodes back, five? Mm-hmm. But we've referenced it every episode since. Where, so. where I went on a rant. Yeah. Basically. You were definitely facing your mortality in real time. <clears throat> like it was, it was happening on air, which yeah. was awesome. Well, I just gave a talk for uh, That Man Is You, mm-hmm. and I talked about that. For real? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you say the phrase, we're all going to be dead in 100 years? Well, so I gave a talk to <laughs> men about their call, our call to, and everyone's, but it was specifically to men to that we are called to to have a mission and purpose in our life, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. So like we're we're called to live with a mission, like why we're here on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And the majority of men that are listening to these talks, whatever, not the majority, but a lot, are in the second half of their life or in the fourth quarter, mm, right? The fourth quarter, okay. And like in the fourth quarter, either you can give up, give up or like you can finish strong, right? Mm-hmm. So the talk is about like like this idea that like we're, we're called to this life of mission and purpose and significance till till it's over, right? Mm-hmm. And this isn't like a new concept. Jesus breathed on the disciples and gave them a mission. He sent them out, right? In Matthew, Jesus approached and said to them, all power in heaven on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The great commission. This is the great mission that Jesus sends them on, right? Mm-hmm. And this is so so mission is ordained through God. Jesus came on mission from God. God sent Jesus on mission to seek and save the lost, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, begotten right? son, yeah. Yeah, to like save us. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus came on a mission. Was that mission easy? Did it get difficult? 100%. Is our life easy? No, is it difficult? Certainly will mission be hard? Absolutely, right? This is why St. Paul says and I love this line, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Right? Like, my mission is Christ, no matter what. And if I die, I win, because Jesus wins. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is what, you know, I was talking to the men about on the video. And I did tell them that they're going to die <laughs> in 100 years. <laughs> Less, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, right. for most of them, less. Yeah. Right. But we talked about John Paul II. Like, his mission, his motto was totus tuus, right? Totally yours. Like, he mm-hmm. lived that out. So, what? like, what's your mission? Like, what's your, what What gets you going? And, and and what do you want the end of your life to, to be said and, 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 you know, done and completed by? Like, what, what is it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And I came across this um, quote from St. Francis Xavier, you know, who was one of the original Jesuit missionaries with St. Ignatius, right? Mm -hmm. Brilliant man. Yeah. Um, and you know, there are f like 52 canonized saints that are Jesuits, at least. 52, huh? Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. From one religious order. And there's 157 beatified. Wow. I would, I would guess the vast majority of those uh, were missionaries. Martyrs got killed. Yeah. We have the North American Jesuit martyrs. Mm -hmm. They went to everywhere to share the gospel. Like, they, no strings attached, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, St. Francis Xavier was very smart. He could teach, but he was like, no, I'm called to bring Jesus. And so he went to Japan all these areas where obviously Christianity was unfounded. Mm -hmm. And then he heard about China, starts his way to China, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is like in the 1500s. So it's not like you're traveling on like, you know, a nice jumbo jet. Right. Um, he gets sick and dies on an island looking at China. Right? Like, he, like the end of it, like he just gave it all. I love this quote. He says, it is not the actual physical exertion that counts towards one's progress, nor the nature of the task, but by the spirit of faith with which it is undertaken. Hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, that that's, you know, sort of the lenses that, that were you know, we're, we're called to live by. Um, and you know, in the first segment, we're talking about virtue. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> when you read the gospel reading for this Sunday and Jesus is talking about, um, you know, the bridegroom, um, and, uh, those that had oil in their lamps, right. And those that didn't, and those that ran out of oil in their lamps, the, you know, the, the 10 virgins, right? The foolish ones, the, the, one, the, the ones that would pick up snakes and try to bring them home. This is all the virtue. Foolish the, yeah. the person who lacks a virtue is a mm -hmm. foolish person, right? Mm -hmm. and, and foolishness is someone who does something without thinking about it, but also continues to do it and doesn't listen to the wise person and says, hey, you might want to fill your lamp with oil because it's going to run out. And they're like, no, I got time. Mm -hmm. And it runs out. And then you're like, I told you so. <laughs> right? But the wise person, the person with virtue, thinks out what is supposed to be done and done right. Right? And the gospel reading so perfectly sort of paints this picture of what a virtuous, faithful person looks like and what it, and what doesn't, and what it doesn't look like. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting that uh, commenting on that gospel, St. Francis de Sales... A different Francis. So we're talking about Francis Xavier, Let's just missionary Francis. Francis and Francis. Well, it's interesting that, okay, so the church in its history had a couple of huge missionary moments. The first was to evangelize the continent of Europe. It did it twice. So, like, the mission to Europe happened twice, and it was accomplished, mission accomplished. Then we discovered China and Japan, the New World, and we're like, all right, now we're mission New World. And that was accomplished. 
by the Jesuits and the Franciscans just doing it, right? And there's, there's kind of no more worlds to discover. Like, it, I would love to find life on the moon, to be honest with you, so the church could get on mission again. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> where's, where's the new people that have never heard any of this stuff? Let's go. You know, it would, like, give us that impulse. They're all over. That's the thing. They're still here. And this is Francis de Sales' point. So Francis Xavier was seeking out these new people. Francis de Sales, who lived a few centuries later, living in France, where everyone's heard this stuff before. Right. So he started to write about the mission here, like which is to go deeper in our spiritual life and to live a saintly life and to bring Christ into daily living. So instead of... Because, I mean, a missionary life, like St. Francis uh, Xavier... It's a totally different life than, like, let's say, normal day-to-day Christian living. A missionary life, you're on mission all the time, and what you need to do is clear, right? Right. There's a China over there. I'm over here. I need to get there. I need to bring Jesus to them. When I get there, I'm going to do this. Well, the thing is, there's that lack of clarity about what am I supposed to be doing now as I'm doing the dishes and folding laundry and just living Christian life? Where's my mission? That's where Francis de Sales was, like, expert. What do you say? Well, his book, Introduction to Devout Life, uh, where he talks about how to do that, um, he mentions the oil, the, the wise and foolish virgins. This this gospel for this Sunday. And he says that the oil or the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience that we should all live by, but that religious live in, in kind of a... a paradigm way like they take literal vows of poverty chastity obedience they'll never own anything they have to be obedient to their superior they'll never get married but as lay people lay people can imitate this but his main thing was that the oil is generosity in following jesus you know because we all have bare minimums that the church gives us we have to go to mass on sunday we have to pray we have to provide for the needs of the church we should abstain from meat during lent on fridays those kinds of things but the counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience are not obligatory. You don't have to do that. You can choose them. And, and because of their nature as counsels, advice, we can be generous with the Lord to own as little as possible, to only own what it takes to be a missionary, to, to live my mission well. Like you're talking about what your mission is. I'm only going to own in this world what it takes to accomplish my mission, to, to be obedient. I'm only going to want what God wants, and I'm not going to be disobedient in what I want, and to be chaste. In other words, I'm only going to love who and what God wants me to love, and in the way he wants me to love them. Um, that oil of the councils, that oil of generosity, that oil of I'm going to give everything to Jesus and not just the bare minimum, keeps us from becoming foolish virgins who aren't ready to welcome Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you read the gospel this Sunday, and it's a great gospel. Like, you got to zoom out and kind of imagine this. But all 10 virgins were given oil. They all had oil. So it wasn't like, hey, some get some and some don't, right? Mm -hmm. They were all given oil. Five chose to not bring oil with them, extra oil. Mm -hmm. And five chose to bring extra oil, right? But they all had oil, right? And the, their faith and their virtue to think out and to pray through and to discern and to be prepared, all those things played a role in the five virgins having extra oil because the bridegroom was late, you know, or whatever came at a different time than they thought. 
And then the five that ran out of oil were like, Hey, give me some of your oil. And they're like, no, like I, right now, like, like we have to wait for the bridegroom and we need, we need the oil. There's a lot at play there. Uh, you know, the, the foolish ones were like the guy who grabbed the snake. Yeah, they missed out, but hopefully they learn from it. But sometimes people just don't. Right. Sometimes the door is locked, like the end of this parable. They just run out of oil and they Mm -hmm. just choose not to live in the, in the way of Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. And we see that world at play, but look, you know, St. Francis Xavier and St. Francis de Sales, these great saints, there are places in our world right now, even in our own country and neighborhoods that the people who have never heard about Jesus. Yep. Right. And look, you and I are lightweights. Totally. You know, I have a friend who goes by a code name, you know, who's probably not listening to this show, mm-hmm. who's in a, a country that is, there's no, no Christians, like maybe 1% point one percent with his family as a missionary sharing the gospel yeah i mean we are lightweights yeah and i have a friend living in lafayette who uh is living similarly but here um poorly and dedicatedly while i sip my coffee in my little studio with my friend talking about jesus you know but he's like on the he's probably on a street right now looking for a poor person to share the gospel with. Right. Um, and and we all have our, our call and our charism, and we have to pay attention and discern what that is. But to your point, like, to not, to say that you don't have a mission is not true. Right. And whether that's obviously folding laundry or cleaning your house or taking care of your children, your spouse, and your elderly parents, or, Whatever God puts in front of you, and like it is, is your mission, and and some people's mission or ministry is more unique. I mean, you're called to be a deacon. I'm a lay person. You know, some people are called to be foreign missionaries. Some local. Some called to be missionaries in their workplace or run their company with faith based values. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like everyone, if if they're if they're leaning into the voice of God and allowing Him to fill their lamp with oil, they have the ability to sustain that mission, right? To keep going. The light stays on, right? Yeah, like you brought up St. Francis to say, uh, Xavier, great quote, it's not so much what the mission is or even how hard it is. Like we feel like if, if it's going to make us a saint, it has to be really, really hard. Right. It's the faith by which we do it. It's the faith by which we do and it. And what is faith? And I think what he meant there was this: that faith is my... obedience to Christ who speaks to me. Faith is that I believe in Jesus, that he's alive, and he's calling me to do the laundry, to do the dishes, to be a foreign missionary. Like, he's the one who's given me this mission, and I'm going to be faithful to him. And that's that's what makes all of it valuable. Because, I mean, a, a saint with great faith will... Will bring more grace into the world by washing the dishes with faith than a foreign missionary without faith. I mean, this is what Saint Paul says. Like right. If you if you do all these things without, well, he's talking about love. Yeah. But without this stuff, this oil, this um, love, this faithfulness to the Christ who calls us, you can do all these things. You can move mountains. You could convert the nations. You're just making a bunch of noise. You know, like you're <laughs> it, without the oil of charity. A banging clong. Yeah. Gong. Clong. 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 
Klong Kong. Klong. <laughs> Speaking of like missionaries and great saints, I mean, you have someone close to you this week that we celebrate your your parish. Ah, uh, yes. Right? Yes. Am I right here? You are so right. Really? Yeah. St. Martin de Tours. Yeah. Correct? Yes, the patron of our parish church that I serve. Which is funny because like either last week or the week before, we talked about St. Martin de Pours. Right, de Pours, yeah. And this week is St. Martin, Martin de, de Tours. Tours. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, from, well, he was Bishop of Tours, France, which is where he got the name. Right. And um, Which we, we were open to go into. Yeah. If we just need someone to organize the pilgrimage. Yeah, if someone wants to bring us out to... We will go. Tour. Tours France, then, you know, like, we would love to. So our pastor this year, maybe last year, this year was in Tour France, went mm. visit the, like, original tours. Is it the same as tours. Tour de France? I don't think he did a whole tour on a bicycle. Okay. Um, Maybe. He didn't mention it. He didn't. I think he would have mentioned that, but he didn't. Okay. Um... So why your parish is named after him, mm-hmm. and what, what's tell us about this this cat? Well, he was the first canonized saint that was a non-martyr. That's the first, yeah, it was probably that's probably the most interesting thing about him. Really, talk to me here. Yeah, we lived in the. Uh, uh, I mean, three ninety seven is yeah. when he died. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Okay, well, remember the early church situation. Three sixteen to three ninety seven. Most Christian saints were martyred. Right. Yeah. So okay, but, but tradition says that Saint John wasn't martyred. Correct, but it was also not canonized in in a process of canonization. Oh, the process. So for okay, so the Edict of Milan comes out in three thirteen, where Christianity is legal. Before that, illegal. Illegal. You can't do it. But people did it. Sure. And they got killed and stuff. Right. You know. Um. But that was what it meant to be a Christian. Now, certain people were revered. Without a process of canonization, like you bring up St. John the Evangelist, the Blessed Virgin Mary, who was mm-hmm. also not a martyr. Um, other early church figures, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I can't. But anyway, they were revered as saints, particularly the Blessed Virgin and St. John the Evangelist, but with particular titles rather than saint. So, for example, St. John the Evangelist, he was an apostle. That's, that's a big title. So right. you just re- we revere the apostles as saints, save Judas, um, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. That's the title that we revere her with. She didn't go through a canonization process; like she didn't need one miracle, then two miracles. You know what I mean? Now so he, he wasn't from Tours, France. <clears throat> he was no. actually from like Italy, or correct, right? Correct. He yep. became Bishop of Tours. I think the first bishop. Is that right? Is mm. that what it says? Yeah. Um, so anyway, when when Christianity became legal in three thirteen and things started to settle down a bit. The church realized, well, we need a process to canonize people because some people who didn't die as martyrs, especially now because martyrdom is more rare, have lives that are worth imitating. So they came up with a process to do that called canonization. Hmm. And St. Martin de Tours was the first to go through that process. Wow. After death, obviously. Pretty impressive life. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he was born of pagan parents, had a conversion, fought in the army. I wish I'd have known this more when I wrote Holy Grit. He could have had a chapter. He could have. He was a gritty guy. Yeah. Um, but he was, he was, uh, he left the service of the army uh, and to serve the Lord, and he was ordained an exorcist. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He became a monk. In Milan, wow, 
Yeah. And then went to France. Live in a French monastery near... Ah, he hung out with... Uh, with what's his name? Hilary of... Uh, Potier. Potier. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he had good friends. He did have good friends. Saints <laughs> make saints. And uh, along with St. Ambrose, Martin rejected uh, some heresies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was hanging out with some dudes. He was. And he was also um, a great bishop and pastor. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about St. Francis of Sales, who was a bishop. St. Francis Xavier was not. I mean, it's really hard to be a great bishop. If, if you look at missionary saints versus bishop saints... Except for this time period when you had Ambrose and Martin and then Augustine a little bit later, who were all bishops. Because of power. Well, you don't have many... It's, it's hard to be a saintly bishop because your main task is to oversee a population of Christians, which is a hard thing. So it's not like go out and evangelize Japan, which sounds really difficult. It's actually pretty difficult, too, to preside over a Christian church well. Right. St. Martin did that. He was a holy bishop. And that's not to say that, look, some of the most holy men I've met in my life are bishops. I'm not saying... I'm just saying that's such a hard task. Oversee a diocese. Oh, my goodness. Right. But back then, it was a little more simple. There were less people. Dioceses were smaller. And saints still had this, like, missionary fervor about them that, like, it's hard to recapture today. I always love how <clears throat> saints get assigned to be patron of certain things, mm-hmm. there is no science to this. There's got to be. I mean, some, you're like, get the connection. But I'll give you three guesses to guess one of the things that he's patron saint of. Soldiers? Yes. Any other ones? Because that's the most obvious. I only know the soldiers one. Okay, South Africa? That is random. That's random? Because he didn't live there. Correct. He never heard of it, probably. So I don't even think he went there. Right. So South Africa somehow claimed him mm-hmm. as their patron, okay, and horses. But ah, do yes. horses need a patron saint? See, this is where I'm confused. <laughs> it doesn't say like people who work with horses. Right, it says horses and Veterinarians or horse trainers, mm-hmm. horses. So here's That's the question. question. Do, do horses need a patron saint? It's a good question. I I would say not really. <clears throat> so I'm confused by it too. Yeah. See, this is where this is where you're just like, what's what's the thought process or the science behind this? I mean, maybe he loved horses, maybe he had a horse, rode a horse in the army, like well, all no, those things. A, but like does no, a horse the, um, need a patron saint? There's a story of him as a soldier going through town on a horse mm-hmm. and he sees a beggar. And he is a new Christian. In fact, he might not have been baptized yet. He might have been a catechumen. But this is the this is the image that's in our parish church, a big painting of St. Martin de Tours on his horse, and he finds a beggar, and he cuts half of his cape off, half of his soldier cape, that yeah. was nice, and gives it to the beggar because he had no clothes and it was cold. Right. And then later he has a vision that Christ appears to him and says, I was that beggar. Why is he in the patron saint of someone cold? Right, versus a horse. Yeah, versus a horse. <clears throat> Um, It'd be better to be a patron saint of cold people. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Now, your parish is named after because French settlers came down there, St. Mm-hmm. Martinville, and founded the church, right? Yeah, and then and the, the parish. Town, and then did mm-hmm. they just say, like, hey, here's our patron, we're going to name it after him? It's not like, you know. Well, actually, okay, so first people 
came as missionaries and established a mission outpost, like a St. Francis Xavier moment, right? And they were going to evangelize the Indians, the Native Americans, the Atacapal who lived in that area. And so it was actually under the patron of St. Joseph first. It was called St. Joseph of the Atacapals. So we're going to evangelize the Atacapals, and St. Joseph's going to help us. As it settled and more French people came, um, they established the parish of St. Martin, which then they founded the city of St. Martinville, named after the parish. Then the county or parish became St. Martin Parish. So he's the patron of like more than just the church parish, but like the whole area, the whole county. Um, um, and uh, so his his uh, his remains, his relics were destroyed by invading forces in France. The uh, Muslims, when they invaded many centuries later, destroyed his relics. So we, as a parish, asked tour France for some relics of Saint Martin. They said, "Well, we don't have any more." because they're all destroyed, like we can't make you more relics. So you know what they sent instead? Wood from his coffin that for some reason we still had. So we have some, but they sent it as like part of a painting. They made like a, um, it's not a painting, but it's like a, I don't know what to call it, like a shadow box art yeah. depiction of St. Martin. Yeah, I do shadow box art all the time. Yeah, you do. But containing wood chips from his coffin. See, that's the weird Catholic stuff of the week. That we is didn't weird. Even do a segment on it, so you can go see it in St. Martinville if you if you want. You just gotta ask. Okay. Yeah. Let's ask. All right. Let's take a quick break. Speaking of dying, and we'll <laughs> be back in a few minutes. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity Healthshare, has prices that are sixty percent less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening to the show today. Paul George, Deacon Adam Cronk in studio. Thanks for listening wherever you are on the podcast or on the radio. Um, St. Martin de Tours. Mm-hmm. You've seen a piece of his coffin. And mm-hmm. he died in the 300s. Yep. yep. It's crazy. I've seen wood from his coffin. Yeah. Do y'all mm-hmm. do like... A blessing on his feast day, or like you. We're going to do a special like mass or? at ten thirty. People mm-hmm. want to come, um, and this year because of how it fell, you know me, Paul. When it's time to celebrate something, I like start thinking. Let's just say next year, there's going to be some surprises. We couldn't pull it off this year, so we're having a special mass. We're doing that kind of thing, but next year, you want to come to St. Martinville on November eleventh. What if like everyone brought a piece of coffin <laughs> for the day? <laughs> like just go grab a like a, a hunk out of of someone's actual coffin. Yeah, and oh just my show goodness. up. Yeah, it would be great. It would be in commemoration <laughs> of him, though. I guess so. I mean, okay. So <laughs> since we've been so good at our segments today, why uh-huh. don't we at least do a six pack of questions? Question. 
Question number one. So you were mentioning how you went to um, Houston and worked with, um, I'm going to get the name wrong, but the, the company that does that managed you. Paradia State. Paradia yeah. State. Okay. Um, tell us a little more about that managed you, because maybe not everyone's familiar. So what is it? And then what you actually filmed while you were there? Like what, how do, how do we They have a studio it? and Parrish's, they, they uh, produce that manage you um, talks on video for men's groups to watch their parish and have a, have a men's group. So the men's groups meet at parishes. They watch the videos, they sign up for that manage you and it's free for the parish. I think they take a love offering for them or whatever, but it's a great mm-hmm. program. So I've given a couple of talks on their series and they have a beautiful office, a chapel, um, and a, and a wonderful studio there in Houston. Great, great team. They have a, they've, they have a great team of people on their mm-hmm. staff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Funny story for you. So we do that manage you at our parish. Okay. And when it was time for this semester to kick off, we did some advertisements in the bulletin, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the advertisements said with talks by, and then with pictures, your picture, a couple picture? other people. Yeah. Really? A couple other people that gave talks. And um, I never even think about that. Well, more than three parishioners uh, contacted me to say, how are y'all doing this? Like, how are you getting all these people to come to our parish? They thought it was like talks? a live talk. Yes. Mm. So that's when I realized that like messaging it needs to be clear. Um, well, since you're local, <laughs> if you're showing the talk that I'm doing, I can just like walk out. Be like, hey guys, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Awesome. All right, question number two. We talked about uh, the poor fellow who wanted to bring his kids a snake yep. and uh, ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, did you ever try to do something great for your kids that didn't go so well? I mean, I'm sure I did. You know, um, trying to think. It did not go so well. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of things. Like I tried to like build a fort or a clubhouse. or You did? You know, different things like that that just didn't you know, go well, you know, one of the things like I always had a tradition when I go on a trip, I, I'll bring snacks back to the kids, but I'm always shoving those in like my suitcase, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then they get back and there's just like, they're all crumbled. <laughs> so it's like, Hey guys, here, here's the snacks I got for all you, all the treats and they're all smushed. Yep. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, question number three. So we're talking about this idea of, um, well, we're all going to die one day. But before that, we have a mission to accomplish. And you brought up St. Francis Xavier. Right. um, Whose feast day is soon, by the way. It's, what, December Hmm. 4th-ish? So that's pretty soon. Anyway, and his, uh, I could see your face starting to light up when we're talking about, like, him wanting to go evangelize nations like China, Japan. Like, something in you kind of came alive. St. Francis Xavier? When you were talking about him, how like he went to Japan. December 3rd. Oh, December 3rd. First day of Advent. First day of Advent. What a fierce way to begin Advent. I don't know him as well as I should. So my question would be, uh, what is about foreign mission that like lights you up? Because I see it. Your face gets... like What's so appealing about foreign mission? I just think people who are called to foreign missionaries and do it are just really brave. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm learning as I get older and closer to death that um, the uh, when I see someone with a gift or a calling or a virtue or a yeah that I don't have, mm-hmm. I can really appreciate it. 
instead mm-hmm. of like being negative about it. You know, so seeing the boldness of some Christians is like really just fascinating to me. Mm. And I want to affirm all those foreign missionaries who are listening to our show right now. Yeah. If they're listening. Oh, they're listening. Oh, they're listening. Mm-hmm. All right, question number four. Um, so you share this great quote from St. Francis Xavier. Um, so it's not the particular task that's assigned to us. It's not the uh, difficulty of it, but it's the faith with which we do it that matters. Yeah. What, what is, can you explain that? Like, what is he talking about? What, what does that mean? Yeah, I just think like, you know, you mentioned it earlier, but just even like the, the nominal task of our day, mm-hmm. we have a mission, you know? Um, not all of us are called a foreign missionary. But if, if everything that we do is done through the lens of faith, then it's mission. It's of God. It's for God, right? And I got to remind myself all the time because there's a lot of things and tasks and work that I do that I always think, uh, where's God in this? But he is, and, and I need to look at it through that lens. So question number five, did you ever wish, ever wish that God gave you a different mission? <laughs> um, you know what I mean by that? But like, you, yeah, you realize no, no. like, oh, God wants me to do X, Y, Z. Well, I, I think at times I've wished that I had a, maybe a different set of gifts mm-hmm. for the mission. Mm-hmm. But I, as I've said, I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate better my weaknesses and the gifts I have and then see the gifts in others. I'm trying to do that better because we complete each other in the body of Christ. So, Awesome. All right, question number six. We brought up this Sunday's gospel, the wise and the foolish virgins. I'm weeding out envy in my life. Are you? Yeah, the goal is that by the time I die, envy will be gone. That's a good goal. Get out, envy. Get out. Be gone. (laughs) Get out. All right, so question number six, wise and foolish virgins in, in this Sunday's gospel. Um, what, what advice would you give to folks who kind of struggle with generosity? Hmm. Tell me about it. I struggle with it. Tell me, Paul. How can I become a more generous Christian? Like, how can I give more uh, than simply either the bare minimum or some kind of, like, level of gift to God that I tolerate? Like, how do I really be generous with the Lord? Um, so that I have all the oil I need to get through this life. You know what I mean? How do I do it? I don't know. I'm not good at that. I'm still learning. You know? I would just say this. As if Jesus never said anything that he didn't mean. That's true. So you, if you read the Gospels and Jesus says something, he wasn't like, oops, I shouldn't have said that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like everything he says means. So when you read the parable of the 10 virgins and there's a message there you probably should pay attention to it and so what he's saying is like be prepared like be virtuous like like have the things that you need and i give you the grace i give you the oil that you need and bring extra and learn from this Uh, so like i don't know i'm just trying to really pay attention to when jesus says something actually meant it and i should probably pay attention to it instead of ignore it because the non-virtuous person is like a child. They don't listen the first time. Don't touch that. They touch it. Don't do that. They do it. Right? Don't, p- don't pick up the snake. Don't pick up the snake. Don't bring extra oil. Mm-hmm. Right? But as you get older, you mature, and you should listen, and you should learn. But St. Paul talks about this, like to, to mature in Christ. And if you're not maturing in Christ, then you're probably not where you need to be. Mm. You're without the earl. 
Got to get that Earl. Okay. Yeah. That's six questions and six answers. With Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> six pack. Six pack. We, we made it through the show today. We did. Um, touch, so, and, touch and go there for a bit, but it we was, did it. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Podcast, radio, thanks to Kel FT, everyone here, our sponsors, the staff. All is good, and we'll be back next week. God bless.